of Locked On HBCU. You can follow him on Twitter at South Exclusives. Darian, thanks so much for jumping on with us, man. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So let's let's look a little bit here. I want you because I know you've been following this pretty closely. I, I want you to kind of give us a timeline here of Ed Reed, the this, this story with him and Bethune-Cookman, uh, and get us a little bit up to present day on how this timeline since the what was it, Instagram Live, I believe is what it was, he, he went on first uh, talking about the trash over at Bethune-Cookman. I'll do you one better. I'll take it a little bit farther than that back. So you look at the end of 2022, they announced that they, what it sounded like, had hired Ed Reed. But in actuality, they had only agreed in principle to a contract. And that's important because we fast forward to today and we realize he's not fired. They just stalled negotiations. And then a little bit of time goes on. I ask questions. like why things so silent with Ed Reed? And Bethune-Cookman fans tell me that basically they're, they're waiting for an introductory press conference until people get on campus. And I accepted that, but then time goes on and you start asking more and more questions. Like, why is a high profile hire like Ed Reed not getting the publicity from Bethune-Cookman? And we find out he's not under contract. We find out that he has frustrations. He goes to Instagram Live. He voices those frustrations. And then he apologizes after. And then it's about, I think about a week, maybe two weeks after that. And now we're here today and he's been stalled out negotiations. I'm just going to say fire because it's way easier to say and it makes more sense to me. But we fast forward to today and he's been fired and that's kind of like the timeline that we understand with all of the key bullet points. Okay, so relationship is totally severed. We will not see Ed Reed coach for this university no matter what. That's a pretty safe bet. No, I think that's a pretty safe bet. I know that a lot of the students are pro protesting and trying to say that they want Ed Reed back. I just highly doubt that that happens. They might get changed that they want in other areas, but the idea of Ed Reed returning to Bethune-Cookman, you never say never. You never say never, but I find it to be very slim that that's a result that they get. Well, and, and that's kind of the story. This has opened up a bigger story. I was watching, I think, a local, uh, it was a local TV network there in Dayton, uh, or sorry, Daytona, that was talking about uh, – this whole story that students were coming out and they, they wouldn't even put themselves on camera because they didn't want to be ostracized or anything for talking about the problems inside of Bethune-Cookman. But it basically they said Ed Reed actually gave them a platform to actually talk about the real problems that were going on inside of the walls. I mean, and when I say that, I don't mean figuratively. I mean, literally, there's mold growing. I mean, you see photos of just mold all over the walls. And that's like that's what he was talking about when he's saying there's trash piled up in buildings, right? Uh, I think Darren, we might have got a. I think it, is that just me that I'm hearing that? No, or? it's it's. There's a little bit of a audio issue. Yeah, there. a little bit of an audio issue there with you, Darian. It kind of cut in a little bit. It sounded like your mic might have cut out there for a second. Test it right now. Yeah, see if you can say something here, Darian. It's, we can only hear you out of our right ears right now. Can you try unplugging your mic and plugging back yeah, in? Yeah, try. Yeah, might have to go to a different mic here. We'll we'll get with Darian as he's kind of fixing that up too. But it is. They, they, you saw the video of, of what he was talking about, saying all this, you know, is there's trash piled up. And like what you said, there's a lot of videos. Oh, it was back. outside, inside. No, it's it, it's an unfortunate state of these universities. And it would make sense if their tuition wasn't somewhere around the ballpark of $30,000 per semester. For <laughs> right. And, and that goes into it. When you have the local news companies that are, one, you have the local news companies taking the story Two, having students that don't want it because they're so feared of of the the 
backlash. Retribution. Exactly. Of, that's a radio. Of talking about it. That's a big, that's a Vandy word <gasps> right there. They're, they're so feared of that that they're going to actually say something. They won't put themselves on camera because they're like, I don't want to be the one doing this, but there's mm-hmm. clearly a problem here that needs to be fixed. And Ed Reed did do that. I mean, when he's saying there's trash out there, and you're talking about the videos of how you look back and say this guy hated dirtiness. He wanted everything clean, you know, and accountability of, like, you need to clean up. He was up. holding things to a standard. That's exactly. the way he did. Which is, is something that's needed. Uh, let's try to see if we got Darian back on. Hey, Darian, let's, uh, let's try it out here again. No, I don't think it is. We might have to call Darian. That might be what we have to do here to uh, uh, get him on. We'll get we'll get on the phones here with Darian here soon uh, and talk with him. But just having a little bit of a technical difficulty. But he's got a lot to say about this. And there's a lot to talk about this right now because it there it, it kind of starts opening the question. The whole thing that Deion Sanders really started was saying that you know there's nothing that well there pe- it's it's people trying to follow the same model. It's essentially what's happening. Exactly. Bethune Cookman saw the success that Deion Sanders had with JSU, and I guess what what the higher upset Bethune Cookman, and when we get Darian back on on the phone line, he can he can provide some more clarity. But what I assume is Bethune Cookman saw dollar signs. They saw Ed Reed. They saw money that could be converted, attention to the university, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not entirely sure how that would play out on a finance like it's not like hiring ed reed is just going to you know grow money out of a tree i right. guess also we're in this we're in this culture now of universities announcing like people and announcing hires well, deon sanders was the, they were is at colorado getting introduced in a press conference mm-hmm. they're like we we haven't signed anything we don't have the money <laughs> yeah yeah they talked about how they didn't have the money yet to sign him but he was announced as the new head coach and they're still under That's crazy. conversations do we got Darian back here? Okay, so we switched it over. Technology failed us, and that's okay. It happens. We go back to the old ways, which I guess it's iPhones true. are old ways. They're still new. Uh, but Darian. Welcome back, Darian. Yeah, welcome back, yeah. Darian Gray. Hi. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so let's let's talk about this a little bit more. Uh, wh- where we last off when we were talking with you is the situation that the, there's the protests going on, but uh, Bethune-Cookman students feel like that, that Ed Reed really did give them a platform of some bigger issues going on there. To me, I look at this situation where Ed Reed, for all of the things that some people who are on the other side of the argument feel about him, I'm kind of in the middle. I don't really have a side. But for those who are on the other side, for all of those things that they feel, the students and the student athletes, I believe, have felt this way for years. For years. It's just just, you have Ed Reed, somebody with high profile, somebody who was positioned to be a head coach, which is a leadership role on campus. And he's Ed Reed, the greatest safety of all time, speaking out against your campus and speaking out on things that you've been feeling. So now you've been empowered. And it's, it's, I think it's important to remember, it's not that they are just football players. These are student athletes and students who are coming on campus and, and protesting, not just the firing of Ed Reed, but everything that's going on with living situations and everything in between as well. Talking with Darian Gray, host of Locked On HBCU, uh, and you follow him on Twitter at South Exclusives. The this whole thing because there was such momentum in the HBCUs, Darian, with what Deion Sanders was doing and 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 how that story started getting in. You started seeing more uh, uh, coaches and for, or, sorry, more pl- former players coming in to coach HBCUs, like here locally, Eddie George with TSU. Uh, and then obviously Ed Reed with that story of Bethune-Cookman. 
the it, it feels like this is going to put a bit of a, a a tarnish on that and slow down that momentum. Or am I crazy with that thought? I won't say you're crazy. I think that that is a, uh, a situation that could happen. I would hope that it didn't happen because I think it's important to remember, and this is what's dangerous. What happens at one school is not indicative of all HBCUs. HBCUs are in multiple states. What happens at Bethune-Cookman isn't even indicative of what happens at FAMU. FAMU, I feel like, has you know kind of steadied their ship a little bit more. And I would hope that people don't say, oh, man, Ed Reed did this, that, and the third. He had to look at these things. And I don't think those people who are deterred by those obstacles are the ones who need to have those jobs anyway, because there are obstacles. You are going to have to get over things. Dion knew it. Eddie George did, knew it. You look at Eddie, he speaks amazingly when it comes to these topics and understanding the weight and the responsibility, the responsibility that he bears, because it is something you're going to have to overcome. Not everybody is built to do that. Not everybody needs and should try to take on that. So if you can't handle that, I would say that, yes, this isn't for you. But just because one person went through obstacles and went out like this doesn't mean that you do also have to do that. Then do you think it was fair the way Ed Reed, you know, delivered his criticism kind of sporadically over Instagram Live? Do you think that could have been handled, you know, different or better? Yeah, I don't think that was a I don't think that was the way to do it. The way I had explained it on my show this morning is basically if you had a company and you gave somebody a job offer, and then they went on social media and said that the company is failing because of you, how would you react? Because that's essentially what Ed did. Ed went out and said the people who are hiring him have broken mentalities, and that's why this institution is not working, and kind of generalized at the HBCUs, but we're going to keep it with Bethune Cookman. So that was something I weighed, but that's what got him fired, in my opinion, amongst some other things, some other rumblings that I'm hearing about things that happened on campus. That's what got him fired. But the message, what he was trying to say is the reason that people are protesting. So it's a balancing act where you have to acknowledge his delivery. I acknowledge that it should have been better, could have been better. But then I also acknowledge the message and say, you know what, there's a lot of truth, a lot of validity, and a lot of things that need to be addressed coming from what he said. Do you think it's an issue that a lot of HBCUs are trying to kind of find these, I don't want to call them celebrity hires because it's not like these guys don't know football. It's Ed Reed. But do you think that, you know, kind of jumping the ship with people who have limited coaching experience for the sake of, you know, maybe an ethos in their playing days or publicity, do you think that's that's maybe not the path that HBCUs should go on because things like this can happen? I think it has to be a case-by-case basis. We've seen three in the last couple of years. Eddie George, Deion Sanders, and now Ed Reed. Even though he was not technically hired, he still is going to go into this bucket. Eddie George... I feel like he's done a great job representing Tennessee State. I feel like Deion Sanders did a great job representing Jackson State until he didn't. And when he left and everything just kind of hit the fan and it got really bad. But in those two and a half years that he was here, I thought he did a pretty solid job representing Jackson State. And then you look at Ed Reed where everything hit the fan almost immediately. So those are three takes on the same story with completely different outcomes. I don't know if we can just say stop doing this because Jackson State got two like championships uh, Tennessee State recently got a lot of money that that they had been owed I think there's some successes here but then you also have certain failures with people coming in and some people don't respect the history some people don't respect what's going on so it's a case-by-case basis I think what you should really do 
is try to make sure you do a fair evaluation of who you're bringing in. You have to know, are you bringing in somebody who is going to be a tad bit more patient, a tad bit more diligent, like Ed, Eddie George, or are you going to bring somebody in who is going to be aggressively passionate, like Ed Reed was? you got to know that person, and that's what's going to help you dictate whether or not you bring that guy in. Talking with Darian Gray, host of Locked On HBCU. You can follow him on Twitter, at South Exclusives. And Darian, so just from what I know with TSU here locally when the whole Eddie George hire happened, one of the things that I think Eddie did right is he he branched out to who his coaches were. I mean, he brought in Jeff Fisher uh, to basically help decide how things were going to go around the idea of coaching. And, and Jeff Fisher jumped at the thought of helping Eddie George to become a coach because he just hadn't done it. And even when it's far, I think he, he brought in as D.C., Jeff Fisher's son, who had NFL coaching experience. Do, do you think that – or did Ed Reed get involved in that at all? Did he, was he reaching out to other coaches, or was he, do you think it was still so early in that process that he hadn't done that and his guidance – there really wasn't any guidance for him on how to handle these things? I do think he went in very blind. Um, there, he wasn't available for interviews. There was people around him. There was coaches around him. It sounded like there was even coaches from the last regime that were present. But knowing exactly what his coach's staff was going to look like, we don't know. I do think it was a little too early to say that. It, it feels like the success of what Deion Sanders did with Jackson State and now obviously moving on to Boulder, and you're seeing the videos come out uh, where, you know, he's demanding excellence from from the, the cooking staff, you know, and they're, they're cooking high-quality meals now than what they were serving beforehand uh, that they were eating and, uh, you know, all these different just the minute kind of things. It feels like it's almost been taken for granted on some of the – I imagine there's some athletes, former players, that have said, oh, I can I can get in there and do this. But it's not just a – it's not just a Deion Sanders walked in and said everybody needs to be better kind of thing. There's a lot of action to go alongside this. Do you think there was something in Ed Reed that got in there, saw, man, this is going to be – you know, this isn't, this isn't a walk down the park. This is a walk up a mountain that I'm going to have to go over. And this kind of felt like a way out? No. Not at all. I, I severely push back on that. I don't think that Ed Reed wanted out. I did say that I think he should have wanted out because there was no real trust between him and the administration, no real trust or respect. However, he decided to stay in that spot. And I don't think that was um I don't think that was a decision that he weighed lightly. I think he knew what he was going. He might not have known what he was getting into at first. But I think once he got into it, he did embrace that challenge. He connected with those student athletes on the level as a man, and I think that he was prepared to take that on. So I don't think that he wanted a way out. I think he wanted to do this. I think that with all the tension, there was one side that was prepared to cut through it or at least work through it or work with it still existing amongst them, and that one side was Ed Reed. However, it takes two to tango, but Bill Cookman did not want to dance, so both of them had to leave the floor. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I mean, it is it is true. I mean, do you think there's a future of Ed Reed's coaching at all as a, as a head coach even, or do you think maybe now this kind of maybe step him back to go into some sort of coordinator role or, or get a part of a group or something like that, or do you think he's still going to try to fight for a HC job somewhere? I don't think that his hopes of being a head coach are done forever, but I do think he might be pushed into having to go the more traditional route. And that's the thing about HBCUs with the celebrity coaching and whatnot. 
it's the fact that a lot of people look at it as charity for the university. Oh, look at what Deion Sanders did for Jackson State. Look at what Bethune Cookman could do for, I mean, uh, Ed Reed could do for Bethune Cookman. What Eddie George is doing for Tennessee State. It's like it's charity work that these former all pro great players are, are doing. It's not charity work. It's a mutually beneficial relationship where they allowed them, the school being they, allowed these coaches to coach as a head coach without any experience on that level. That is, if it wasn't Ed Reed, we would call that a handout. If I gave you the job at Tennessee State today, that would be a, be a handout. But because they bring a little bit of publicity and things like that to the school, then it's, it's mutually beneficial. So I think Ed might have to just work up as an OC, I mean as a DC, maybe a defensive back coach, Something of that sort. I know he doesn't want to be a DB coach. He wants to be a defensive coordinator. He said that before. Either a defensive coordinator or a head coach. I, you know, I was calling for him to have an HBCU job before he even was thought of being a coach of Bethune Cookman. So I know what he desires. But he might have to work up the ranks now. You're not going to see many places who are just going to allow you to be a head coach without much coaching experience. But I, I think he has the mind for it. All of this aside, you know, like I think his, his message was great. I think that he came in with a lot of passion for some uncomfortable situations and a lot of times passion, you know, and slight anger. When they get together, it's not going to be a pretty picture, and we see what it is at Bethune-Cookman, but I think he has the mind for this. I think he's going to be a great head coach if ever given the opportunity, and I, I kind of still hope that he gets that. Darren Gray has been our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at South Exclusive. See him everywhere on Locked On HBCU, however you get your podcasts. Darren, thank you so much for jumping on with us, man. We want to have you more in the future. Definitely. I can't wait to talk a, bit, uh, a little bit about those Tennessee State Tigers. Yeah, we got, we'll get you on for sure about that, buddy. Thanks so much. Thank you. Darren Gray, good stuff from him there. That was uh, There's a lot. I mean, that story's still evolving, by the way.